Good morning, and welcome to worship here at the First Baptist Church in Lawrence, Kansas. Well, it is good to be with you all, whether you're here in this space or you're watching virtually at home. Today, we gather as two worshiping families, one physical here in the sanctuary and one worshiping virtually, uh, whether live streamed or maybe uh, a little bit later down the road. Uh, however you get here, however you participate in worship today, you are made welcome. Uh, you'll notice some things uh, remind uh, us of the other worshiping family. Uh, if you're watching at home, you'll, you'll hear me give a few directions to people here in the space. Uh, if you're watching here physically in the space, uh, you'll see that we have the, the live stream up on the, uh, the screen. Even though there's a bit of a delay, uh, it's a reminder that there are folks who are at home uh, watching as well. And so whether uh, you come in a, this physical space or this virtual space. Welcome to this worship space, this place in which we understand God is present, in which we celebrate Christ's existence in this world and in our own presence. rise for the call to worship. 
As a deer longs for flowing streams, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. These things I remember as I pour out my soul. With glad shouts and songs of thanksgiving. the King of creation. Oh, my soul, praise him, for he is thy health and salvation. All ye who hear now to his temple draw near, praise him in glad adoration. Lord, who o'er all things so wondrously reigneth, shelters thee under his wings, yea, so gently sustaineth. Hast thou not seen how thy desires e'er have been? Granted in what he ordaineth. Praise to the Lord who doth prosper thy works and defend thee. Surely his goodness and mercy here daily attend thee. Ponder on you what the Almighty can do if with his love he befriend Lift up your hearts. 
If you are here in the building, just stay where you are and give everyone a friendly wave. And um, if you are uh, joining us online, please feel free to text someone, message them, and uh, greet them hello this morning. reading, which comes from Luke chapter 1. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favorably on his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that he would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Thus he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and has remembered his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham to grant us that we, being rescued from the hands of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated, and our children can now come forward. If you're watching at home, this is the time of the service where you can uh, have a, a part of the uh, uh, living room all to yourself, and you can kind of come close enough so you can be, if you're sitting here, then you can come and sit on one of these cool colored dots and find your own dot, and then that'll be your space for our children's sermon. Here comes, oh, we need another dot, don't we? Here, come on, Levi, come have a seat. There we go. All right. You want to sit on the yellow one there, Levi? There we go. Okay. 
Well, it is great to see all of you guys here today, and I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, the story that Pastor Christina is going to preach about today. Now, have you ever heard the word focus? Have you heard that word before? Like maybe sometimes your teacher has to say it in school to say, I need you to focus on math right now. Or maybe your parents sometimes say, uh, I need you to focus on eating breakfast and not watching TV. Have you ever heard that before? Yeah, I heard that when I was your age, sometimes because I was doing something else or my brother and I were messing around. And so it, it was good to say, okay, I need to focus on just this one thing. This is going to be the thing that I'm going to focus on. Well, here in a little bit, you're going to hear Pastor Christina preach a sermon, and you can hear her say that word. She's going to talk about focusing. But she's going to talk about focusing a little bit different, not on our breakfast or on our math studies, but instead on what it looks like to focus on Jesus. Now, the story that uh, uh, Miss Ann read just a minute ago was a story of uh, a couple of people at the temple, an older man and an older woman, and they were so focused on looking for Jesus that when he walked in the front door, they were excited and they threw a party because they were focused and were excited to see baby Jesus walk in. Well, his parents walk in and he, they carried him. And so as they uh, were so excited and threw this party, they became so uh, excited that everybody around them got excited too. So that's kind of how it is for us too. We have an opportunity to be focused so much on Jesus that it just gets exciting for everybody else around us because of the way that we love, the way that we uh, listen to others, the way that we help take care of others, and the way that we are, are good uh, stewards of our money and all the things that we do to help us uh, focus more on who Jesus is. So those are some of the things that you're going to listen for a little bit today in Pastor Christina's sermon. Let's say a prayer together. Dear God, thank you. Thank you for the love that you have shown us. Thank you for the ways that our parents and our teachers help us to focus on uh, things that are important. Help us, most of all, to focus on you and to remember that you are the most important thing in our lives and in this world. Amen. Okay, you can go back to your seats now. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after thee. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship thee. You alone are my strength and shield.
my shield to you alone may my spirit yield you alone are my heart's desire and i long to worship thee i want you more than gold or silver only you can satisfy you alone are the real joy giver and the apple of my eye you alone are my strength my shield to you alone may my spirit yield you alone are my heart's desire and I long to worship thee well we enter now into a time of prayer together if you're on the chat at home you're invited to, to maybe share a prayer request uh, a joy a concern on your heart, um, we um, pray together for some of the, uh, uh, the the things that you'll find listed in your bulletin. Uh, we pray for a Good Shepherd Lutheran Church here in our own community here in Lawrence. Uh, we pray for Charles Revis, who serves uh, in um, the, the region kind of out west in Washington, Idaho, Montana, and Utah. Uh, we pray for the, the Stantons, Larry and Rebecca Stanton, who serve in Hungary. Uh, Hungary has been especially devastated by COVID-19, and uh, they have uh, feared um, for the, the safety of many of our uh, missionaries in Hungary. And so we, we pray for the stands, we pray for all of our missionaries, as well for all of the people uh, in Hungary today. Uh, also, we uh, received word just this morning um, uh, that Betty Colbert, who uh, is a, a former member, moved down to Texas to be closer to her, uh, her children, uh, has broken both of her ankles. Uh, and we don't know all the details, but we know she needs prayer. Uh, and so we definitely will list, lift up uh, Betty as well, in, uh, and maybe even is, is watching um, uh, kind of at a later, a later date. You are, you're in our prayers, Betty, if you can hear us. Um, and so these are some of the ways that we are praying uh, together. Uh, here now in this uh, time, we'll, we'll, we'll share a, a, a time of confession. We'll, we'll take a, a few moments just to, to share a unison word, and then a few moments of silence in which we'll confess before God ways that we uh, are broken in our hearts and in our souls. And so now, uh, I invite you to join me as we uh, speak these words together. Merciful God, we know that you love us and that you call us to the faithfulness of life. But around us and within us, we see the brokenness of the world and of our ways. Our successes leave us empty. Our progress does not satisfy. Forgive our willful neglect of your word, our insensitivity to the needs of others, and our failure to feed the spirit that is within us.
God hears the confession of our hearts and lips. Through Jesus Christ, we are forgiven all our sins, and by the Holy Spirit, we are empowered for new life. Amen. Let us pray. Well, Lord, you tell us in the book of Acts that we are sent, sent to our Jerusalem, our local communities, to our Judea and Samaria, our region and nation, and even to the ends of the earth. Lord, this day, send us afresh and remind us what it means to be your witnesses. May we witness to your power in our Jerusalem, here in Douglas County. We pray blessings upon those in need. From our own front door who come searching for food, to the family promise families we served a, a couple of weeks ago and raised funds for now, to those on the edge of town in new temporary shelter. Bless those graduating in our community, even this morning from Kansas University, from Haskell last week, from local high schools this coming week. Bless all those students and teachers ending <laughs> the strangest year they have ever lived through. Bless the churches who work to witness to your power in this new frontier. Lord, may we leave our upper rooms and enter your mission field, even when it's right outside our door. Lord, may we witness to your power in our Judea and Samaria and Kansas throughout the nation as scientists and doctors and public health officials coach us toward a safe future. We pray for wisdom and grace with an eye toward the most vulnerable. As people of color continue to wonder if their voice really matters, we pray that all of God's children would have access to justice and to peace. As political wrangling and cyber attacks and vetoes and overrides make us wonder who to trust in this world, Remind us again not to trust in princes, but in your power. Your power of love, of grace, of community and diversity. May these be the things that we witness to as we move beyond our neighborhoods into the places and cultures and regions that seem so different from our own, even as we call them United States. Finally, Lord, may we witness to your power to the ends of the earth, for only your power can heal we pray for those in Myanmar and Nicaragua, Nicaragua continuing to protest injustice and fight for freedoms that we take for granted. We pray for those in India, burying loved ones at a dizzying pace. We pray for those in Europe and Latin America, places of the world where, where COVID vaccines are in short supply, while here in the U.S. we have a surplus to spare. We pray for those in the Middle East. Palestinians continuing to fight decades-long battle for legitimacy. Journalists and citizens and even children caught in the crossfire. And the heartbreaking realization that yet another generation of hatred is born even this week with young people choosing vengeance and violence over peace. Lord, sometimes it feels like all we can do is witness, open our eyes and look for you. Open our ears and strain them to hear your voice. And open our dry and weary mouths. Speak a word of peace to the world. Lord, help us to be your witnesses. Lord, help the world to see your love. We pray now the prayer that your son taught us, reminding us of your love. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Hello, congregation. The Green Team and the Evangelism Team are excited to share an opportunity with you. As you may know, Lawrence has occasional recycling opportunities for electronics, one of which is coming up in a few weeks on June the 5th. Usually this entails individuals parked in line during the available time frame from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. Uh, the company receiving these devices do have hardware and software uh, that erases all the info on, on, the, um, on the devices and changes all the data to zeros. And they do this multiple times for redundancy and uh, cybersecurity. So we are offering to accept people's electronics any of the next two Saturdays. That's May 22nd and May 29th from 4 to 6 p.m. here at the church. Um, we'll be collecting them at the garage. Um, so we will take them, hold them, and then deliver them uh, on the recycling day in a couple of truckloads. Now, we can't offer this to the whole community, um, but we hope to help some of our neighbors. So here's what you can do. To help the green team, you can follow the link to the up in the upcoming newsletter to sign up, and I believe uh, the uh, QR code has access to that sign-up sheet as well. So um, we'll need to help collect computers to recycle on those two um, Saturdays from 4 to 6 p.m. Um, we will also need help June the 4th, that's the Friday before we take it off to the, to the center and help load, uh, load the trucks. And then if you have a truck or SUV, um, considering being part of the delivery, dropping the vehicle off in the garage on June 4th where we can load it and it will be protected overnight, we'll lock it up in the garage um, safely and then you can caravan uh, to 23rd and Crestline on Saturday, June the 5th. And we'll be doing that around 7.30 a.m., hoping to get a good spot in line so we're not waiting too long. And it also, if you want to help the evangelism team, um, again, we don't want to post anything on social media because, unfortunately, we don't have enough capacity to take all of Lawrence's recyclables. Um, but we do want to encourage you um, to use this as a, as a way to Converse, converse with your neighbors, whether that's your next door neighbor, um, your cubicle neighbor, or in this case, maybe a Zoom neighbor. And use this as a, as a conversation to talk about um, First Baptist Church, show them where we, um, where we worship, and, and see where that, that conversation goes. Um, and this may not be a, quote, trade me Jesus for your laptop evangelism. <laughs> so if you have Further questions, um, contact Mary Lee about scheduling things or me for the evangelism and maybe some conversation starters. Thank you. Well, this week I came across a story about a, a man named George Calvert. He was a minister in the 1950s, 60s. 
And he was also one of the founders of an organization called Hope Community. And that, that organization turns abandoned uh, or damaged buildings into livable housing in East Harlem. Well, in his ministry, George often remarked that you should always work with whom, whoever God sent. He would relay this humorous tale, short tale. During the sugar shortage in World War II, a man at a Washington, D.C. lunch counter called out loudly, more sugar, and a waitress across, across the diner shot back, stir what you got. Well, he would then go on and say, everyone has been born with some natural aptitude, some natural ability, some talent, or some gift. However, great or small, each of us has been born with some sugar, something that can be used and developed, multiplied and shared to the glory of God. So stir what you got. Well, Reverend Calvert encouraged people in his church and at work to stir what you got. He often shared that God works in and through churches of all shapes and sizes and backgrounds, imperfect churches, wrestling and struggling churches, and churches seeking daily to find the way. Well, I think here at FBC Lawrence, we stir what we got pretty darn well. We're a congregation that cares deeply for people, ministers to and alongside families of all size, shape, and form. And we seek to serve just as Jesus Christ served us. I think there's important work being done here. Whether it's Family Promise, Link, the Mobile Food Pantry, our regular you know, weekly food pantry, our Deacon's Fund, working with what we have and sharing our love and resources. Well, if you'd like to support the ministry of this church, you can do so in several ways this morning. If you are here in this building this morning, you can place a check in the plate uh, that's back by the doors on your way out of the sanctuary today at the end of the service. Or if you've joined us online uh, via the live stream, you, um, there is a link in the chat that you can uh, just click on, or you could go to our uh, website also and click on the Give tab. And of course, you can always just mail a check to the church. So this morning, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for your generosity of spirit, of your faith, and of your prayers, your presence, your hope, and your grace. Thank you for sharing your talents and gifts of the spirit given to you by God to be used for the glory of God. Thank you for offering up these talents that you have and for being willing to work and play alongside those whom God has sent. Thank you for stirring what you got.
and for teaching us to love one another just as you have loved us. We offer these gifts with thankful hearts this morning and ask that this offering be used in your service as we work with what you have generously given us alongside those who have you pl have placed in our path. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Hear now our New Testament reading today from the book of Galatians, where Paul has some harsh words. He is quite frustrated with the churches in Galatia. We're going to be reading verses 1 through 9 and then skipping down to verse 23. Hear the word of the Lord. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly exhibited as crucified. The only thing I want to learn from you is this. Did you receive the Spirit by doing the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you foolish? Having started with the Spirit, are you now ending with the flesh? Did you experience so much for nothing? If it really was nothing, well then, does God supply you with the Spirit and work miracles among you by doing your works of the law or by believing what you have heard. Just as Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness, so you see those who believe are the descendants of Abraham and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith declared the gospel beforehand to Abraham saying, all the Gentiles shall be blessed by you. For this reason, those who believe are blessed with Abraham who believed. Now, before faith came, we were imprisoned and guarded under the law until faith would be revealed. Therefore, the law was our disciplinarian until Christ came so that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer subject to a disciplinarian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all clothed through faith. As many of you were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourself with Christ. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female, for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to his promise.
to our worship band to remind us that we are indeed children of God. More on that to come. But first, I want you to imagine with me a new Christian, someone who is just starting to get excited about following Jesus. They don't know a lot about God, but they are on fire. And then people start coming up to them and saying, Jesus is great, but make sure you follow my church's Jesus and not that church down the street's Jesus. Their Jesus, barely Jesus. Someone else comes up, I'm so glad you're a new Christian. Jesus is great, but do you know about this list of 10 sins you definitely need to avoid? Another person comes up, I'm so glad you're a Christian. Jesus is wonderful. Do you know the six steps to perfecting your faith? And so this person who is so excited about Jesus, starts getting confused and lost, trying to follow these rules, these yeses, these noes, trying to get everything right, instead of focusing on God's love and extravagant grace, judgment starts to take hold. Instead of letting the Holy Spirit consume them, confusion consumes them from the rules that people are setting in place. Something similar was happening to the churches in Galatia. Paul came and preached the good news about Jesus, and they were excited and ready to follow. Then Paul left to continue his ministry journey someplace else. And other teachers came in and said, yes, Jesus is great and important, the risen Lord, but the law is also important. Men, you need to be circumcised, and everyone, you need to follow the dietary codes. But these people in Galatia were Gentiles. They weren't Jews. They had never followed the law before. But these teachers spoke with such authority, they thought, I guess we should follow them. And so they started trying to figure out the laws and lost their focus on Jesus. When Paul found this out, he was quick to put them back in their place. My version of his rant goes something like this. You fools! Who put the wool over your eyes? Did someone cast a spell on you? I told you clearly and at length about the crucified and risen Christ. You experienced the power of the Holy Spirit in your lives, but you are acting like you have forgotten all of this. It was the Holy Spirit that began a new work in you. Why are you turning to the law now? thinking that the law could continue the grace and love of the Holy Spirit. It just doesn't make sense. You should have stuck with the Spirit. The message version reads, Something crazy has happened, for it is obvious that you no longer have the crucified Christ in clear focus in your lives. And throughout this week, I have been wondering, what would it look like for us to refocus our lives on Jesus? The past 14 months have been filled with unexpected, hard challenges that most of us never imagined. Our focus has had to shift to learning a new way of life and a whole new pandemic vocabulary. Social distancing, quarantine, 
Establish your isolation pod. Wear masks. Now, as more people are being vaccinated and the research of how COVID spreads becomes clearer, our focus is able to shift again, away from pandemic life and onto something new. So perhaps this is a great opportunity for us to refocus our life on Jesus. And today's Galatians passage gives us some ideas on how to refocus our lives by remembering three key ideas. First, Paul wants us to remember that the Holy Spirit is active in our lives. From what Paul says, it seems that the Holy Spirit was active and flourishing in the churches of Galatia. Miracles were happening and people were turning to Jesus. But when false teachers started coming in and emphasizing the importance of the law, focus shifted to following the law in order to gain favor with God. Instead of remembering it was God's grace that brought them to God in the first place, they tried to use the law to experience it. Today, we might not have the law to contend with, but there are plenty of other things to take our focus off the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. While sometimes and oftentimes well-meaning, we are very good at making extra qualifications for what it is to be a good Christian. Just check social media, read a Christian devotional or magazine, and you'll get a wide array of opinions of what it looks like to be a real Christian. Such as, you can't be a real Christian unless you are part of this political party and passionate about this issue. In order to be a good Christian, you should follow this Bible reading plan, only read from this version of the Bible, the rest of them are garbage, and listen to this podcast or author every week. All Christians should read their Bible every morning before putting your feet on the ground. That is how you need to start your day. The list can go on. And a lot of those are good, well-intentioned things, but when we make lists of rules and qualifications for how to be a Christian, we are leaving the work of the Holy Spirit out of our lives. Because what might be a life-giving Bible reading plan for you could be overwhelming and guilt-ridden for someone else. What could be an informative, insightful writer for one person could be harmful and triggering for another. God made each of us uniquely, uniquely, and so each of us relates and connects with God in different ways, and that is okay. In fact, that is good because it gives us a bigger, fuller picture of God as we learn from one another, trusting that the Holy Spirit is at work in each of us. So instead of trying to find the right list of rules and practices to be a good Christian, we need to intentionally invite the Holy Spirit into our lives. And this will look differently for each of us. But perhaps it could begin with a prayer, inviting the Holy Spirit into our lives once again. One prayer I like for this comes from a book called Common Prayer, a liturgy for ordinary radicals, and it goes like this. Stir us to rise each morning, expecting to encounter you and be caught up in your work, Lord. I'm going to read it one more time. Stir us to rise each morning, expecting us to encounter you and be caught up in your work. What if we woke up each morning 
and expected that the Holy Spirit would be active and alive in our day. The second thing Paul invites us is to remember that we are indeed children of God. He reminds us that Abraham, who believed in God, listened to God's call on his life and was blessed. Paul tells the Galatians that it was not the law that started the people of God, the Israelites. It was the faith of Abraham. The law came later. First, Abraham believed and put his faith in God, and God said from Abraham then that all nations would be blessed, Jews and Gentiles alike. Paul reminds us that we are all children of God if we just believe. Now, believing in God does not mean we are going to leave perfect lives. Abraham definitely didn't have a perfect life. He doubted and questioned God. He tried to make his own plans work when God's timing wasn't lining up for him and God wasn't acting fast enough. But God continued to work through Abraham, believing in God, putting Believing in God puts us on the road to experiencing God's love and grace. Being a child of God is one of the most precious titles we can be given, and I often think we underestimate its importance. I know that that meaning hasn't fully seeped into my being as much as it could, and it's a lifelong process, accepting and knowing this title. How would my life change if claiming that I am a child of God took precedence in my life, if I remembered that my value stemmed from being God's beloved child and not my job, bank account, grades, or friends, how would my anxieties and fears lessen if I was able to fully embrace and realize that I am a part of God's family? And that only happens because of God's grace and love in Jesus Christ. It would be life-changing, and Paul wants us to remember and latch on to that identity. Let being a child of God seep into your being. And lastly, Paul tells us that we need to remember our baptism, that we have been made new and are clothed with Christ. Going to a Presbyterian seminary and interning at an Episcopalian church I was surprised by how often they talked about remembering their baptism. We might have Baptists in our names, but we can learn something about remembering our baptism from the other denominations. At my chapel, at my school seminary, you walk in and there's a font, a large glass bowl of water on a stand, inviting you to remember your baptism every time you enter. And then oftentimes the worship leaders will go to this bowl of water during the service and pour it so we can hear and remember our baptism with our ears. One of the gifts of believer's baptism is that we can actually remember our baptism. We got to see Evie be baptized last week and she will remember that day. We can remember how we died to ourselves as we entered the water and we emerged a new creation when we came out, one with Christ. We can remember perhaps a new feeling, a little changed, a little extra cloaked in the spirit as we walked out of the water. When I taught the baptism class this spring, we talked about how baptism was a visible symbol of a person's decision to believe in and follow Jesus. 
but that it was also a symbol from God that reminded us of God's promises, that God would always love us, that God would always be with us, and that God called us God's beloved child. Through our baptism, Paul suggests that we are given new clothes to wear, the clothing of Christ. Robert Grotese says that, quote, a bodily garment is fitted for one who wears it, whereas a spiritual garment shapes its wearer. In baptism, we are united with Christ, clothed with Christ, so we can become more and more like him. Christ shapes us after we are baptized, when we put him on. And Paul says that this should bring unity to the people of God. Paul quotes what many scholars believe to be part of one of the early church's baptismal liturgies, that as a person is baptized, the, baptiz the baptizer would say, there is no longer Jew or Greek, there is no longer slave or free, there is no longer male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. What a thing to say as you are being baptized. But interestingly, the phrase didn't quite come from that. It was a play off of a common prayer that Jewish and pagan men would pray a little bit differently, but the Jewish prayer might go something like this in the mornings. Thank you, God, that I am not a Gentile, that I am not a slave, and that I am not a woman. This was a common prayer. So the early church is proposing something radical. Those hierarchies are no longer at play. A man is not better than a woman. A master is not better than a slave. Jews are not the only ones who have access to God, for we are all one in Jesus Christ. It is tempting to say that in Christ Jesus, differences are erased. But I don't think that is the case, because God created this big, beautiful, diverse world so we can experience a big, beautiful, diverse God, where we were each uniquely created in God's image, and we can learn and see different parts of God through each other. So in Christ and through our baptism, we now have something bigger than our differences to unite us, the transformative love and grace of God. It isn't about whether we're a man or a woman, what our race is, what our background is. Those things still are part of our identity, but something bigger cloaks us. Something bigger unites us, our relationship with God, the transformative love and grace that God gives to all who believe. So what a picture Paul has given us in Galatians 3 of what a refocused life on Jesus looks like. It is a life in the spirit, where we remember that God is actively working in our lives, that life with God is not as much about what we do as it is about what the Holy Spirit does in and through us. It is a life where we know and claim that we are children of God, that our value lies in God calling us a beloved child and not what the world says, and that it is a life of Christ, a life with Christ through our baptism, which unites us and transforms us to become more and more like him. May it be so. Let's pray. God of Abraham and Sarah, God of Hagar, 
God of Paul and Mary, thank you for inviting us into a new life with Christ. Thank you for the opportunity to refocus our lives on you as things are changing once again. Thank you for the reminders that today the Holy Spirit is actively working at among us. And we intentionally invite you again, Holy Spirit, into our lives that we may expect to encounter you and be caught up in your work daily. Thank you that you call us your children, that no matter what our earthly families look like, we can rest knowing that, you, that we are a part of the family of God, so we are never alone. And thank you for our baptism, that we are clothed and united with Christ, transformed into a new creation where hierarchies fall and all are one through Christ Jesus. May we become a little bit more like you, Lord, every day and be transformed more and more into the people you created us to be. Amen. So now is the time where we offer an invitation for you to say, yes, I want to be a part of this church. Yes, I want to follow Jesus Christ as my Lord. If you want to do that in person, you can come up. If you want to do it on the screen um, virtually or just let us know that you are here, that you are watching, we would love to know that you are with us in this virtual place. So you can click on a link on the chat. If you're watching later, there are links in the comment section or you can go to our website and there are a couple of different I'm new here tabs and some connection cards to fill out so we know that you are a part of this church because we value you, whether you are in person or virtual, whether we have met you in person or you have just been interacting through the screen. You are a part and welcome of our church. So this is a time for you to act if you feel called.
Sorry, i got to get my mic back on because I've got good news. Uh, this is Raymond and Glenda Schmidt, and many of you know them as uh, sojourners. Uh, many of you know them as uh, regular uh, attendees uh, virtually and in these last couple of weeks uh, in person. Uh, they are coming now from the First Baptist Church of Ottawa to come to be a part of us, to be a part of you. And so if you are celebrating, they're coming to join this church. Let me hear a loud amen. 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 All right. Well, they mean it. Uh, they are glad to have you a part, and we are glad that you have chosen to become a part of us and, uh, and join as children of God together. Uh, we are glad that, uh, that you make this decision uh, in person. Uh, if you're uh, watching on the uh, virtual worship today, uh, put something in the chat to remind uh, uh, them that they are uh, loved uh, from wherever you watch and worship today. So here in a moment, uh, we'll have a chance to uh, uh, invite you into the Roger Williams room. We're not going to go out to the front porch because of the rain, but uh, then folks can greet you uh, there. We'll have, a, have you have a seat now. Welcome. Welcome, Glenda and Raymond. We are excited to officially make you a part of our church family and to see your faces here today. So a couple of announcements in our life of the church. I want to remind you and encourage you to sign up for the Home Run 5K for Family Promise. The longer I'm here, the more I'm amazed at the stories of Family Promise and this community, the ties that it has. As I drive around, I see these 5K signs all over town. It truly is an important part of the community and we invite you to be a part of it. Um, this year, the home run means that you can run and choose it at your pace. You can walk, you can crawl. That would be more uh, work than walking, most likely, though. Um, but however you want to do it at your pace, or if you just want to make a donation, we are inviting you to do that. People today are wearing their home run t-shirts from past years to remind us to support this cause once again. It is also time to think about Vacation Bible School. Yes, we are having it this year. Um, we're doing two nights, partnered again with Plymouth Congregational Church and Trinity Lutheran Church. It will be at Trinity June 13th and 14th in the evenings. That's a Sunday and morning, a Sunday and um, Monday evening for kids ages four through ending fourth grade. And so there's sign-up information in the... Um, in the newsletter and it will be shortly um it'll be up this week on the website also and i just realized i've been having you stand for all of this you guys are awesome but you can sit now if you would like <laughs> um and so we also are looking for a couple of volunteers for vbs to help in different ways so talk to me email me if you would be interested in volunteering we don't need um a lot of people, but we do need some people to help with different groups and registration. And however you want to help, we can probably find a way for you to help in this way. And so we're excited to do this. I'm excited for Vacation Bible School, um, for my first Vacation Bible School here in Lawrence. And so start registering for that so we know how many kids to prepare for. Before, after the benediction, the postlude will play, and I just want to remind people in person that ushers will be guiding you out. And then if you want to come for a time of fellowship, we are set up in the Roger Williams room today, so go through the back hallway 
and into the Roger Williams room to greet Glenda and Raymond and fellowship and to spend time with one another. Since it's raining and gross outside today, we can spread out and still be safe and still um, say hello to one another there. So, may you go today remembering that you are indeed a child of God, united with Christ, expecting the Holy Spirit to work in you and through you this week. Go in peace and love to serve the Lord. Amen.